Kaka, and I'm your host, James Roberts. Before we get started with this week's show, first off, let me take this opportunity to welcome back the regular listeners, and if this is your first time listening to the show, I hope you enjoy this episode and decide to subscribe to the show. And on today's show, I've got Dave Tong. He's the performance director of the swimming program at the University of Cardiff Met. So welcome on to the show, Dave. Uh, Thank you very much. It's still a mouthful for me to say, Cardiff, Matt, because I'm used to. <laughs> I, I'm I'm of that generation of it being Uick, and it's a little bit it's a little bit easier on the on the tongue, that is. Yeah, Uick's much easier, isn't it? Yeah, Cardiff Metropolitan University. There we are. <laughs> so before we delve into today's topic, Dave, can you talk to us a little bit about how you kind of got on your journey to where you are today? Yeah, no problem. Um, so uh, as a youngster, I um, I was a swimmer. Um, I, I swam at Splot's swimming pool in the uh, Splot Squid Kids. I was the academy down there, and that was run by the council, uh, the Cardiff Council. Um, so sort of worked my way up the the junior squads there, as it were, and then got um, got spotted by Cardiff Swimming Club at the age of nine. Um, and at the age of nine, went into sort of proper training then, as it were. So, you know, committing to a certain amount of morning training sessions, certain morning, afternoon, evening training sessions. Um, worked my way up in Cardiff Swimming Club. It's a national performance centre. And that was, uh, with first of all, with John Stout, who was the assistant head coach at Cardiff. Um, and then I ended up in Dave Haller's squad, who was, uh, who was the sort of top coach there, the head coach, who, um, who retired in recent years. Um, so yeah, so um, swam sort of county standard and made some qualifying times for nationals. Um, my main strokes were 200 free, 100 fly. Um, I did a bit of 100 free as well. And at the age of 18, I ended up in a full-time job and I, I just couldn't commit to the training anymore. I, I um, It was it was very, very difficult to try and keep it going. So I actually quit Cardiff, um, which was, you know, it, it was a shame, but, you know, it was it was time to sort of start full-time work. Uh, after stopping school, etc. Um, but along the way, sort of between the age of 16 and 18, I gained my lifeguard qualification and I also got my assistant swimming teacher's qualification. Um, and then two years later, I managed to get my teaching and coaching qualifications. My mum, um, whose name's Anton, she runs a, a club up in Cardiff Met, funny enough, which was obviously the old UX. She's been doing it for about 25 years now and still still going strong. And that's called Kinkoi Conquerors. So I was doing a bit of teaching and a little bit of coaching for her and gaining some valuable experience there. Um, um, and sort of after about two years of being out of the pool, I, I missed it, you know, as you do as a swimmer, you do miss going in and you put the weight on a little bit and, you know, you want to you wanna try and get back into some physical activity. So I joined the Masters Club, um, which was called Clams or Cardiff Masters, if uh, some people call it. But Clams was the sort of uh, the slang name for it. Um, and yeah, I, I, I got back in the water around the age of 20 and started sort of doing some really good times. You know, I, I developed a little bit more. I sort of got a little bit taller, a little bit broader, um, put a bit more weight on, as I said, but I managed to strip back. And, and after using the gym and et cetera, I developed more. And very lucky enough, in the 19 to 20, 24 age group, I got uh, got myself a, a, um, a Welsh record, which I believe still stands today in 203. So uh, quite chuffed with that. Um, so going back to the coaching side of things, I uh, as I was in full-time work, I was a lifeguard at, at UIC, or Cardiff Met now as it's called, 
Um, I got the head coach's role for the Junior Swimming Academy up here. So I did that for five years. Um, so that was teaching sort of ages between four to 10 swimming and then coaching the ages sort of 10 years and upwards up to the age of 16 before we were feeding them onto Cardiff Swimming Club. Uh, did that for about five years, as I said. And then the, the performance director role came up, um, which was coaching the swim team. And the swim team was very small at, at here at the time. Um, and, um, you know, I wasn't getting paid very much for it. It was a volunteer's role and they were paying my expenses because I was working full time as a lifeguard and duty manager as well. Um, and yeah, so we were sort of around the, in the, in the top 30 at, uh, British University Colleges Swimming, which is Bucks Swimming. Um, and I've been doing it for the last six years now and we're, we're all the way up to the top 10, which is really good so we've uh, we've done we've done really well as a squad we've built built really well and we, we've gone from a team of 10 swimmers up to a team of sort of 40 plus swimmers all all different abilities but you know uh, I'd say around a strong 10 which were performance athletes so um, yeah it's been a very successful few years and it's getting better and better as the years go by which I'm glad to say and, so and have, have you found that it's been a kind of upward struggle um, to a certain extent to compete against some of the bigger universities because oh, with my sporting background I've been I've been fortunate to be on uh, to go on King Coyd campus and obviously yeah. swimming pool isn't the biggest so if you compare yeah. it to the likes of well just go down the M4 and go to Swansea obviously that university's got access to a 50 metre swimming pool yeah I mean um I mean, after a couple of years and after a couple of years of coaching them and realizing that, you know, I got some good swimmers coming through here and the more good swimmers that were coming through, the, the better the program was becoming. And so, um, you know, speaking to my bosses and looking at funding and stuff, we, we were lucky enough to be able to, they were able to ride a, a minibus, which took us from campus down to the, the pool down the bay, the 50 meter pool down there. So we do that once a week just to try and get that long course training in and, and sort of show off to new swimmers and new students coming through that we have, have got the, uh, the facility uh, of a 50 meter pool. And we've got a good relationship with Cardiff swimming club who, who sort of, uh, uh, not that they give up pool time for us, but the, the pool down there, which um, allows us to give us an hour every Tuesday morning. So that that's one good thing. And so we're able to compete, you know, and get close to those, uh, those top universities like uh, Loughborough and Bath and, uh, and, you know, a few others that are up there in the top five, top 10. Um, but I think by offering these this sort of uh, this program and you know us becoming a focus sport in the last year as well, it's, it's certainly attracting the swimmers and more and more want to come here. There's talk of a new swimming pool on campus as well, which is going to be even better for us. Um, we're looking at six, maybe eight lane twenty five. I'm pushing for more, but we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, it's it, it has been a struggle, but it is getting better in answer to your question. But I can't see logistically where we where would you put this where would you put a new swimming pool on that on that campus? We've 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 obviously the the current twenty five four lane is in the S block, which is sort of at the bottom end of Kinkoy campus, and next to the tennis centre, we've just had a new um in lovely brilliant indoor basketball arena, which is called the Archers Arena, and that was phase phase one of the project. Phase two of the project is going to be the new uh, swimming pool and gym and new squash court and trampoline hall which has been designed and plans are in place ready for it it's just we're just waiting for the the nod ready to start phase two now and that's actually where the outdoor tennis courts used to be if you remember from being an athlete coming up here you probably remember where the outdoor tennis courts were in the outdoor five-a-side pitch so that's that's where they're looking to, to, to build it and in terms of we were talking like off air on twitter and saying 
How, how yeah. have you kind of seen the, the progression of kind of the student athletes component come along with your with your athletes? Um, so as in the balances, being a student and being a swimmer, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I mean. Again, over the years, it was very much a social squad when I took it over. You know, they were they were ranked, you know, close. To, it was twenty nine or thirtieth overall in British University swimming, and and as we've been getting better, um, it's something that we've been sort of really looking at. I mean, they've been doing a strength and conditioning, and they've been incorporating different things into the. We've been incorporating different things into the program, and academic studies is is obviously a big thing they're here to be students and learn and, and get their qualifications etc um so for, for an example on a tuesday morning when we go down to the bay i've got to make sure they're back in time to be at a nine o'clock lecture so there, there's a sort of one thing that we need to consider but there, there are certain things i try my best to be as a mentor for my students me being an ex-student as well as being a full-time member of staff here i've been lucky enough to do some uh, studies along the way and you know think tips that I've used over the years and that my coaches and tutors help me is just making sure that if they are missing lectures for training or competition or whatever it is because there is that flexibility they make sure they get their powerpoint slides you know sent to them before or after the lecture so they can catch up with things make sure there's big communication with the tutors because the tutors are my colleagues and I want to have make sure my athletes are communicating via email and verbally and making sure that they've got that relationship with them so they know who they are and that there's that sort of leniency with them um I always make sure that they they're, they're setting goals so making sure that their the goal for the year is to yes they've got to train and commit to a certain amount of sessions but they've also got to make sure they attend their lectures which they're pretty good at anyway you know they what they're here because they want to be here you know, it's not a free ride. They've paid to be here. So, um, you know, that's that's one big thing I make sure they do. Um, this year, obviously, we've become a, a focus sport now. And um, so 15 of my top swimmers are going to be getting free ma massage and physio and strength conditioning with the strength conditioning team. And we're, we've been in talks with different companies like PAS and Youth Sport Nutrition who are... Um, who are going to be putting some diet plans together and nutrition support uh, together for the for the team and sort of incorporating the fact that they they are their students they like they they you know we've got to expect that they'll go out and have social gatherings but how to recover properly and what to eat etc the next day if they're going to do those things which all students do so these are new things that are coming in and which are going to be uh, you know help very helpful to getting that sort of students from there and the balance right as a, as a as a competitive athlete as well. It sounds like you're going down the right path. Would you say it's? It sounds like also that. Would you say they are better prepared than say some of the other sports teams, uh, um, within the uni from a time management kind of way of looking? Yeah, at? I wouldn't say. I, I mean, I wouldn't say that swimmers are the best prepared. I mean, we're a very unique team because I coach men and and women, you know, and they're both, you know, it's a very unique team for that fact because most sports have, have sort of got splits sort of split female male roles and so they've got their own coaches and so therefore it's a, it's a little bit it's a unique team but I wouldn't say they're they're better prepared and um, you know they do gel very well because there's a big mix of boys and girls um but this we're, we're certainly you know with the focus sports especially in the university there's some the key sports that we've always been good at here um and they've always had these programs in place and we're sort of probably the more up and com coming team with that I mean behind the scenes we've been doing it anyway but it's a case of making it more official now. Now we're sort of competing with the top 10 universities in the country or top 15 in, in certain competitions. Um, you know, it, it's something that we're definitely uh, putting in place and the, 
the the proofs in the pudding now and we've got our new website up and running um which sort of sort of advertises all all the different things that we offer and what we're doing with the swimmers and, and what the coaching team are, are offering well that's why you probably said from the university's perspective it, it wants to kind of push its way up the up to the upper echelons of sport which is as most people, and especially in the UK, would know you. It would be one of those universities you'd associate with sporting excellence. Yes, yeah. I mean, um, you know, we, we've we're renowned for uh, you know competing up there, and our goal is to get all our sports to become focus sports, but also to be in the top ten, and that is the goal. And you know, we're not far off in most of our sports. There's lots of new up and coming sports coming through all the time. Um, rowing was a big one last year, which is um, I know this your bag, and so you're probably quite interested to know this. But the, the rowing team are up and coming, and you know they've got a, a good a good team. They've won some awards last year, so uh, watch this space with the rowers. But uh, with the swimmers, watch this space as well. You know, when if the new pool does happen in the next two years, we're uh, we're going to be a force to be reckoned with. Well, and then in terms of kind of you know like the vastity between Swansea and Cardiff. Yeah, you'd have thought they'd involve, well, say Cardiff Met now, to to, to some extent, yeah. because you would say, in in sporting terms, probably as a Welsh university, you would say that was the big brother of them all. Yeah, certainly. I mean, um, we've actually in the last two years taken it off our own backs, as as myself and Dan Davis, who's my assistant coach. Um, we we were in talks with Swansea Uni, and we've done it. At our sort of we we didn't call it varsity; we called it Jewel in the Pool. And we in the last two years hosted Jewel in the Pool here, um, and we're going to do it again this year. We invited Cardiff last year as well, so it was like a Cardiff Swansea Cardiff Met thing. Mm-hmm. It was only a friendly, but it was it was a sort of team championships type kind of setup. All the fifties, all the hundreds, and two hundred freestyle, and then a cannon relay at the end. And it was just a bit of extra competition for the guys and the girls, and to make sure that they you know they can get that competition in and just be a part of that as you said that varsity thing but hopefully now that you know we're uh, we're showing that we're up there in the top 10 that they'll they'll try and include us and it's something that I'm going to push for as well in in the next year or two well it's it's a difficult one really because you've got like the traditional rivalries of say Loughborough Bath um I think it's off of my head depending on sports it'll vary between other ones but obviously in swimming Depending on where the national programs were based, obviously, yeah. Loughborough is always going to be that juggernaut because British swimming has run out of the, out of the, out of there. Um, yeah. You hear of athletes still being based at Bath, Stirling, and things like that. So it's I don't from my perspective, obviously going to university as a swimmer, which probably most people, even even my listeners, won't know that. Yeah, uh, it's it's quite quite sad to see um, British women pulling out of say the likes of Swansea. Um, I think Sterling a little bit because you're thinking, well, isn't that just? And this is my personal opinion. Yeah, uh, being very um, anglicised and obviously being based out of say for the able-bodied being Loughborough and the Paralympics being out, being out of Manchester. You're thinking, well. Yeah. Okay, we are one one country in the Olympics, but shouldn't there be some system in place where the Welsh and the Scots can at least have an equal footing to some extent? Obviously, the, the resources they could come Commonwealth Games is not going to be the case, but to be 
to have some equal footing in terms of uh, national programs. So if their athletes are good enough, they get the coaching yeah. and they can to some extent stay at home. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, and I agree. Um, you know, it would be nice to have a, a, a sort of British swimming base at the at the sort of you know the performance centres. And you know, it was a shame when they when they left Swansea, but of course, Swim Wales are based there still, so there is that stepping stone and and sort of base there. Um, hopefully, if we if and when this new pool it gets finished, and we're going to have a lot of sort of um, you know, filming uh, underwater cameras and we're going to have labs which are built onto the pool. And I know this is included in the design. So you never know. British women might take a little peek at that and, and might want to get themselves uh, involved here. I mean, uh, there's obviously the pool down the bay as well, where there's the 50 meter pool and the facility there is a brilliant facility down the bay. So there's no reason why they couldn't, you know, have a base at these Welsh pools. And, and as you said, in Scotland, up in Stirling, et cetera, um, just to spread themselves across the country a bit more. Well, you'd think it'd give it more scope for, from a performance perspective to have a bigger pool of athletes because you're only going to have um, so much pool time for your athletes if it's one, based at one swimming pool. Yes, yeah, I agree. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But in terms of, obviously, with your other role outside of the swimming program, obviously you were saying you were also the... the um, manager of the facilities and you were talking obviously we've got a, a sim- similar how would I put it a friend that's there with Anthony Hughes yeah, <laughs> now, when, yeah you, so, when you brought that up sure. it's like oh it's a very very small world yeah it is indeed yeah so yeah so I'm one of the there's four duty managers um who work on shifty and I'm one of the duty managers and then there's um Owen Rogers who's my who's the manager of the sports facilities and he's also assistant director of sports so that's that's my role and that's my full-time job and I'm very lucky to be able to have time off from that role to go and coach the swim team during student sport time. But um, yeah, so I, I've come across, going back to Anthony, I've come across Anthony, uh, you know, over the years, because I've been working here uh, 18 years now, believe it or not. So I've seen, and I, I actually do remember you coming back and forth um, once upon a time. When I've mentioned that I was having this interview with you this morning, I've spoken to a couple of different people and they, they remember you being up in Nyack as well. So it is a very small world. <laughs> and he's still oh. here now, Anthony. He's back and forth most days. I was up there, what week, 2000, uh, I was up in Nyack, it would have been the start of the Paralympics last year for the, yeah. or what they call it now, the InSports Series, so I was down there not long, not, not too long ago as well. Right, yeah, yeah. No, it's a brilliant facility and um, we've just had our new uh, 400, uh, 400 metre outdoor track open now as well, which will certainly attract even more athletes to, to the campus and you know, a new 3G pitch, which is scrummable, uh, scrummageable. So it's um, for rugby training as well as matches in, in the centre of the outdoor track. So we've got a new, um, new th- shop area and new throwing cage. And you know, so it's, it's going to attract, you know, lots and lots of different uh, athletes from around the country, I hope. And hopefully with a new pool, it's going to be even better. It'll be, certainly be the facility to come to uh, in the next year or two. I'd have thought so. I think with me, it was the base because obviously you've got to take, as a swimmer, you've got to kind of take the facility into perspective with your course because obviously I know Cardiff Met is, and I did sports science, so it's one of the better ones in the country. But yeah. from the performance side of things, you've got to look at, well, what's the actual swimming program like? So it's, it's kind yes. of, it's a difficult one. I had set in my, in my sights 
when I was a youngster, well, not youngster, but uh, in, like, getting ready to finish school, I wanted to go to, to Loughborough. And obviously, um, I was told, well, adamantly, uh, it'd be the wrong idea to do because, like I was saying earlier in the, in the episode, it's obviously the juggernaut that it is. I'd be a small yeah. fish in a big pond, so it's like, okay. Yeah, uh, what other universities can I go to that I've got those facilities? And so I think I think I made the right choice to go to a Welsh university. I'm in the right place for. Yeah, my, yeah. My, I think uh, it's an interesting point because um, you know we, we, I'm quite lucky here because um, you know yes we've got four four uh, lane twenty five and we are having a new pool but because the bay swimming pool so close and uh, Graham Wardell who's head coach down the bay is is I've got good friendship with him and uh, Dale is assistant coach we've got a good link so if I if I am having those sort of British swimmers who are, who are coming in like Yian Lloyd who's just literally just left me um, he was swimming with me a little bit but he was his main training was down at Cardiff because he either wanted the 50 meter pool and also he wanted his full-time head coach who he'd been training with sort of since you know for a few years after David retired um, we've got that link so it, it's, it's quite a bonus really because they're, they're getting it they're coming in they're looking at how close Cardiff Swimming Club is they can swim with Graham if they want to or if they want to you know, they can. They have to still compete for the uni if we're giving them scholarships, etc. But if they want to sort of not lax off from training, because that's not what I'm saying at all. You know, we've got a, you know a 12-hour um, swimming program plus strength conditioning, so it's ample for students, but for student swimmers. Um, but they can do a bit of both, or they can co- swim with me if they live on campus. I mean, there, there's that flexibility, and there's there's that there's a really sort of uh, good choice for for new swimmers coming through who certainly want to come to Met, but I can't are undecided because they're not sure about the swimming here. Oh, I'd never say training is lax at university because it's my, well, I've yeah. got quite, quite a good story. When I was uh, in my, my first year, I, I said, because all the other guys I had was living, we weren't athletes. So I kind of said to them, uh, if you come in late at night, as long as you don't make noise, so be whatever yeah. time it is in the morning, I won't yeah. make noise and I'm leaving at five o'clock in the morning to go training. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's that That's mutual deal, respect. Yeah. It never, it never, it never, it never happened. So, yeah. Uh, well, we try our best now when they're applying, and you know, you know that they're a high standard sports person. Um, that we try and get them in the same halls, and if they're swimmers, they're close to the pool. Or it doesn't always work out because people drop out, etc. But usually, we've got sort of um, sort of sports people in the same block. There's sometimes a mix, but they do. T- we do tend to try and do that because of the fact that people there uh, might not be as respectful as they used to be uh, back in the day when maybe you were a student. It's not saying you're old. Or how long are we going? It's not even a decade yet since that would be my first year. Oh, there we are. <laughs> but in terms of, say, if you look at, say, the British programmes... And if you said, in an ideal scenario, if you could have the kind of the American system model, would you yeah. kind of take that with open arms or would you kind of pick and choose elements of it? Um, I think, I think as you, you, know, you asked the question earlier about British women being based around the country, it's a really interesting one. And I'm sure, you know, with, with this recent success in the world champs and, you know, us coming second in the, in the medals table, I think we're going in the right direction. I don't think it's, I don't think we need to copy the Americans as such because it's all down to money and down to, you know, facilities and we are up and coming. There's more and more facilities being um, built all over the country. So I think, you know, we are slightly behind the times with regard to American swimming, but we're, we're getting there. And I think, you know, the next Olympic games will, will be, uh, will show, 
that we are actually up there with them and we'll be competing with the best like you know and um so no in answer to your question i think let's keep doing what we're doing and, and put our own stamp on things mm-hmm. no but what i meant dave is in terms of like the collegiate system yes yeah so um so sorry can you repeat that i um i i, I missed that then in terms of what I meant is in terms of like the two collegiate systems. So say the likes of uh, if you're good enough, you'll get a, well, basically your your student fees are paid for as long as you. Ah, uh, sorry, right. I'm with you now. Yeah. Okay. Um. Well, yeah. And again, that's something that we you know we do offer if we if we spot that someone's coming through like you know the like the likes of the Iron Lloyd and they go on. We've got different types of scholarships which are under review at the moment. But if you are, you know, a, a British swimmer and, you know, you've made Olympic Games or you're on potential for making Olympic Games, then sort of student fees can be wavered and things will be, you know, um, bursaries are put in place. Um, I think, again, all down to money, you know, if, if the money's there, then why not? Why can't we offer, you know, it's no skin off the university's nose if we can get these athletes to come in and, you know, study with us, get their qualifications with us over three years or five years. Um, and you know, and you know, get the best athletes in here to compete for the university at the same time and get the name out there. Well, it's not like we'll, we'll call it you it because it's easier for me. Um, it's mm-hmm. not like you, you, you kind of starting a new trend because obviously, I spoke to another coach at um, well, basketball coach at Northumbria University, and we were talking obviously uh, from my opinion, a university in the UK is not going to fund. Uh, well, what is it now? Uh, somebody's education to nine thousand pound a year. But then, if you look on it at the grounds, it won't be when people moan in the UK. Oh, it's it's this. If you, you because of where I grew up, being overseas and being around Americans, when they say, "Oh gosh," well, I think the minimum is going to be probably what a student in the UK is going to pay. They're going to pay in one year. So when people moaning about that, I'm thinking. Uh, yes, it, it's probably the most expensive in Europe, education-wise, yeah. but it's not the yeah. deal in the world. No, no. No, I agree. I mean, um, you know, I, I can't make the decisions with, with, you know, for wavering student fees, but I, I'm certainly, I would be certainly on board if, you know, they changed their opinion on it. And, you know, we, we decided that, yeah, we've spotted a talented athlete, you know, and uh, they deserve to have their, you know, even half fees, you know, covered and, you know, and, just to sort of get them in, get them on board, and and sort of make them the best they can be. Well, probably in the long term, it's probably a term. It's a form of recruitment because if you could say yeah. well, we can offer you this, the the athlete can then sit down. Okay, this university has given me that, but then at the end of the day, you should still look at the acad- the academic side of it. What what are you going to come out with at the end? What? Yeah, yeah. And also, you know, can you, can you get them qualified? You know, they're going to be intelligent people if they come into university. And, you know, if they're getting a, a good sort of sports science degree, for instance, you know, can we then keep them in the program? Can we use them as, a, as an Olympian or a Commonwealth athlete? Can we attract further, you know, better swimmers and better athletes in different sports, you know, with that profile that they've studied here and they've decided to stay here either as a lecturer or as a coach or, you know, or as an ambassador for, for the university? Well, I think it's got a good name for it. It's in terms of that sporting excellence. You, you, you could probably, if you started naming athletes, it'd probably be, oh, there's the next, the next one. And then you think of somebody else who's who's through their time as an either as an athlete or after or before has gone to that university. Yeah, yeah. 
But kind of, kind of going forward, what are kind of your what your goals and aspirations for your club? Um, well, I mean, going back to the focus sport, and you know, for, for focus sport is that they they get these benefits. So you know, they've um, they've got you know, I've had it agreed now that because we finished well in the table last year and gained some valuable bucks points and made some good finals, and we've shown that we've got some British standard swimmers in the team. They've recognised us as a focus sport and put a little bit more funding into it. So we've got 15 athletes who are going to get all these benefits. So going forward from there, it's a sort of three-year plan in my eyes. You know, it's not going to happen overnight, but we're over the last two to three years, we're always making top 10 at British University Swimming. We're, we're looking and to make, you know, more finals, which obviously is top 10, but you, you only score points in the top four. So it, as a three-year plan, maybe four-year plan, hopefully, you know, attract some more swimmers, keep the program going and, and work hard, keep the connection with Cardiff Swimming Club going with the 50-metre pool down there um, and hopefully get some podium time, you know, top four, um, first, second and third, obviously podium. And that's when the valuable points come in and that's when the, the profile of the swimming university goes up then. And, you know, maybe we'll be uh, stealing swimmers from Bath and Loughborough in years to come. I hope, I hope that's the case. <laughs> well, probably the easy one to pick up probably at the moment would be Bath, I'd have thought. Yes, well, I mean, well, Birmingham have just got their new 50-meter pool, and so they're, they're always top, sort of top five, sort of top seven. Um, Swansea are coming back, even though the British women have left them down there. They've still got a good program in place, and sort of they're, they're always close to us. You've got Sterling, um, you know, Sheffield Hallam's a, a good university as well because they're 50-meter pool and Sheffield. So, you know, there are, there's, there's a lot of them that are sort of there and neck and neck with us or just above us. So I think once we start taking those sort of universities out, and we are we've got a big potential to do that, we're going to be sort of top five in certainly in the next three years, I would say, and uh, I hope that's what that's the goal for me. And um, we've just be, become affiliated with Swim Wales as well. I forgot to mention, so um, that's good for extra competition outside of Bucks. Um, so the swimmers will have an opportunity to go down, you know, to international meets down the bay and go to Swansea, get a bit of long to uh, long course competition in in pre- in preparation for for getting them ready for the, the British colleges and uh, swimming. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, sorry, British co- colleges and university swimming. Um, but, um, yeah, so there, there's there's the goals. And hopefully if you speak to me in a couple of years' time, we'll be, we'll be discussing that, that we're top five position and scoring bigger points than, than we have done in the past. Well, c- c- kind of with me, until I actually went to university, I never, never, never even thought of Birmingham as a swimming university because you think of, well, clubs of when I was up and coming, uh, because I was looking at going between, if I can remember off the top of my head, uh, I applied to Bath, Swansea, yes. Coventry, Manchester Met, and what was the fifth university? It might have been Newark, but I don't think it was. Right, right. And, and kind of things like that. And, and then once you went to, to Bucks, oh, boom, it's quite a good university. And, and what setup they had in terms of like scholarship-wise, you're thinking, oh. But then yeah. you know, a lot of times you don't know these things because it's at times it's networking with coaches and, and things like that. Obviously, I, I went to Swansea because that's where British Women was based. Yeah. And it was probably, well, in hindsight, it's probably the best decision I made to, to go to, to South Wales because I ended up being in the right place for 
the continuation of my career. Obviously, unfortunately for me, within, gosh, what would it have been? About four or five months, I was dropped from the program. So it's, it's what would have happened if I'd have been outside of what, so if we say, even if I was at UIC, I'd probably have been centrally based. But if I was in England, it's like, well, what do I do now? Obviously, I talk about that story uh, and after the speeches and, and whatnot and saying, I I'd, I'd planned to obviously come back in the new year and <laughs> roll back into to, to student life and be a student for the next three to four years and and that and obviously get my degree. Sport was kind of on hiatus from that regard and, and obviously yeah. as we were talking about with Anthony, he rang me up. Oh, have you thought about trying this sport? And it's kind of springboarded from there so it's it's I think it's from a internal perspective I think we look after our athletes in Wales because it's like well we don't want you don't want to be lost from uh kind of the sporting heights and excellence to some degree because you 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 never know what what you're going to be able to excel in if it's okay brutally honest I probably could have done a lot better in swimming than I did if I'd have applied myself as I did f- further down the career. It's like you were saying, oh, how do people, uh, I, I actually was one of those ones that I didn't actually enjoy training. It's people say, oh, do, do you still swim now? Yeah. I should from a recovery yeah. standpoint, but it's, yeah. I think it's because I spent, well, not that long in the grand scheme of things with swimmers are regarded because I started at the age of 11, which is very late. In, yes, yeah. In that, in that regard, until I was old, I mean, about 19. So it, it, right. does, it does mount up the hours. But, and obviously, when people say, oh, is, is this swimming pool different where you go? Not really. The the tea yeah. is on the floor and the tea is on the ceiling. It doesn't matter if that's a <laughs> 25 meter pool or a 50 meter pool. Yeah, yeah, agreed. <laughs> so I think from a mental perspective, I think it's that's probably the how I see it personally is probably the the, the tougher aspect of training because that is always going to be the same. The environment so so to speak is the same because the pool the the actual inside of a pool is not going to change that much whereas with the other sports if you say the likes of well say we'll use rowing and athletics as the example obviously rowing is predominantly outside bearing the weather and athletics obviously as an indoor and outdoor season so they're going to have that seasonal um approach so it's I think that one how do you kind of how would I word this now um help your athletes from time to time if they're feeling the the strain and the and the kind of the drag of training to so to speak um it's a good question actually because I mean the battle I have with students they you know a lot of them sort of they're 18 19 and their their parents have been sort of you know helping with their training and they they cook for them etc etc and so the transition from 
coming from home, living with parents to living on campus or living in a student accommodation and having to balance going to lectures and the training and cook their own food. Um, you know, the first sort of few months, it's, it's hard to sort of keep them busy. They've either got that mindset where they want to be in the pool and it, nothing changes, or I've got the other sort of half the half the team who were, you know, were, who actually, I actually, I've had enough of swimming all my life now. It's the same old thing, and I'm going to sort of die off and and not and not want to do it anymore. That's the wrong word to use, but drop off and. Um, and then after the first year, they then miss it because they put a bit of weight on. They want to come back in. So, you know, I try my best to sort of put them in, you know, in my shoes and tell them that I've also been there. And it's fine for them to sort of cut their, because their training's usually cut by half compared to what they're used to doing in their old clubs. Two hours in the morning, two hours in the evening or afternoon. They come in into a student, you know, I've said, I usually say to them, just commit to two mornings and three evenings. You've got your strength and conditioning on top. You've got your gym membership as well. If you want to, you know, if you want to do extra stuff on your cardiovascular um, or free weights and whatever else. And so they, they, they soon find that it's actually quite an attractive balance. They keep in fit. They're able to tick over because their baseline endurance fitness is there from all those years of training. And now they're coming in and they're doing short and sharp hour to an hour and a half sessions. And it actually, it usually, I'd say 80% of the time, it attracts them and keeps them in the squad. And as I said to you earlier, it's a very unique squad. It's very, it's a social element to it as well. They don't just go out on the beers all the time. You know, they do go out and they have team breakfast after morning training. So they go over to our central bar, which is the SU. They have food together and, you know, they, they sort of support each other. So it is a very unique team like, uh, like that. So I, I'm very lucky with that. Um, um, however, the new lot are coming in now in September. There might be a totally different bunch, and I might have to find a new a new approach to it all. We'll we'll see. <laughs> well, that's always the way, isn't it? You can't you can't. It's yeah. got to kind of tweak and adapt. And obviously, as a coach, you you know that. But in terms of like the coaching, and we come to like the swimming side elements. Obviously, from when I've stopped, which is now yeah. probably about ten years ago, how has yeah. swimming progressed? And obviously, you you talk about an hour to an hour and a half um, training sessions. Obviously, I'm I was watching the world champs, and obviously they're saying now sprinters are doing at most 800 meters. So, kind of how has that side of things changed? In, yeah, I mean, say in the last decade, it's, it's it's a it's a tough one for me because I mean I've got a mixed bag of swimmers, and and uh, and you know, in no no doubt in the next year or two, when when and well when the pool's finished we'll have to relook at whether we have a performance squad separate training to the sort of more social slash people who want to still swim, et cetera. So it, I have to find the, the right balance. I got, I've got my much sort of advanced lane in the pool and then it's sort of, I've got different abilities in different lanes. Um, and, but I do tailor the session. I usually got a couple of different sessions in mind for each session. Um, some of my guys are sprinters, so they don't need to stay in as long. So they only do one morning and, you know, two or three afternoons and it's more gym work, which they're doing. So strength work, um, and strength and conditioning. And I just get them focusing on that. Um, and then, you know, the endurance swimmers are invited to come, you know, make sure they come to morning training for long course. So it's, it's getting the right balance, sussing your swimmers out. You know, they're only with me for three years. Some of them only do a year with me and decide it's not for them anymore. Some of them decide that the training doesn't suit them because, as I said, it's hour to an hour and a half rather than two hours or four hours a day. We're only doing an hour to an hour and a half. So I'm looking at sort of high intensity interval type training, um, which is sort of sessions that I would enjoy as well. So I try and 
think you know put them in my shoes and think right well what would i enjoy here what would sort of suit me i'm tired after a day of lectures you know i've possibly been out on the beers the day before as well which is only happens once a week by the way i don't allow it every day um but um and I put their, my trust in them to do that um, and sort of tailor it to how they're feeling, et cetera. And I, I have to change it last minute if needed. You know, it's, um, it, you know, you're talking about British swimming and their program and, you know, that, you know, they're full-time swimmers at the end of the day. These are students who are, who are sort of trying to balance everything, you know, new life, new, um, new experience in their life, I should say, you know, living on their own, trying to go to lectures and adapting to a new coach who they might get on with, they might not get on with. But um, yeah, so um, I think that's, that sort of sums it up really as how I, how I go about it. I sort of suss them out first and, and try and put the program together as the month goes on when they first come to university. But I think we both can attest to, we've all been there and been in their shoes from being yeah. uh, that first few weeks at uni. I, I, I was probably fortunate enough uh, I was in Swansea ooh, probably a few months before I went to uni because I was trying yeah. to make the Commonwealth team for, for Melbourne. So I, I was over there in the summer in preparations for that and kind of uh, learned to be away from home, uh, family yeah. and whatnot before. Okay, it was probably from a mental side of things. It was very, very tough because, okay, I've been away from home but it be with be it sports teams, uh, school trips. Okay, you're around familiar faces. Where I think you're chucked in the, the the deep end to a certain extent. So you talk about that element of they've got to learn to cook for themselves. I'm not saying yeah. I wasn't shown at home how to cook, but to to, to people that are listening, it's, it's probably not as bad as that. It was probably me at that age, be it teenagers. Okay, I'm I'm watching, but it's like well. It's still going to get done anyway, so why do I need to do it? But to kind of cut a long story short, yeah. uh, I think that time in that in that summer period, it, it, people say to me, well, "How did you learn to cook?" Well, it's a simple. It's a simple one there. It's I either learnt or I starved. So it's. It, I think it's that one is probably an extreme, but it kind of it kind of you've got to find a resolve and that was what it was so it's going to be my cooking is now is very different to probably my family's but it's probably that kind of student lifestyle that's yeah well I've uh, mixed things together uh, I think I've horrified other um flatmates and things well not not horrified probably that's a bit too strong a word but they're kind of yeah. perplexed as to why are you eating that or why are you eating dissimilar meals every day? I kind of yeah. summarized it in a little, and probably the athletes would agree with this completely. It's uh, that kind of stage of my life. You don't really see it as food. You see it as fuel. I don't care yeah. what it looks like <laughs> after, after the, I don't know, in the pool, uh, in the gym, wherever train I was coming from. It's just yeah. you putting the fuel on board and then going about whatever I have to do the rest of that day or say at night, be it if I can relax and wind down or do I have to actually uh, do some revision, look at course notes or whatever it might have been and kind of go from there. Okay, I think more so now that I've retired, well, not four years ago, I've probably got a more 
eclectic look on food, okay? I want it to at least look a little bit appetizing. But at that time of my of my life, it was very much um, it's just a necessity to probably like either fuel or refuel, and that's that's and that's what really few food should be. It's it's just yeah. your body taking over, and that's I think from if we kind of sidetrack a little bit here, and obviously the, with the fad diets coming about, it's probably yeah. them. They've kind of taken that word over diet from what it was actually intended to be, which is your day to day eating habits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I agree, and um, it's an, it's an interesting one, really, and it's something that we're going to look at. Well, we've looked at, and we're incorporating now. That's the, one of the reasons why I've been talking talks and. Um, arranging some nutritional talks with with the swimmers with PAS and um, youth sport nutrition because we're looking to put together some simple sort of meal plans and and um, not not meal plans sorry but sort of ideas for first years who are coming through you know the second years and third years who get a bit of experience in their first year first living on their own and, and working with their friends to, to sort of help each other put their diet their diets together essentially but um we're going to make sure that the, the the performance athletes and the, the athletes who are not on the performance squad get the you know just get a little bit of a um meal ideas you know we'll put the costs of what things cost for them and just simple recipes so they can quickly chuck it together after training or even if it's not training you know make sure they understand that the 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 food groups and what goes with what and whatever else because believe it or not you know a lot of them have had it all done for them and it's quite an interesting one it's just very simple but just incorporating that and to suit it with the training it's going to work really well over the next year i'm sure well from the nutrition component dave you say that it's that that's probably a very very complex one because obviously from my industry now everybody yeah. about well you could say probably majority of people is weight loss so you, you kind of from the sporting context, it's kind of two sides of the coin. Obviously, with most people, you want to probably limit their carbohydrate intake. Intake, sorry. Whereas, yeah, with those doing endurance sports, you you want to kind of tweak it a little bit. Okay, they're not going to be wanted to lose weight in most cases. Uh, no, far from it. It's it's well, not piling on the weight because you would you would intend that putting fat on them. But yeah. they want to increase their their muscle size and be more explosive and and whatnot. So obviously, yeah. the, um, the the carbohydrate component is very much important because uh, you don't want to be lagging off, um, be it from a training perspective, or be that in the lectures as well. Yes, no, I agree. Yes, um, it is very new again with swimming, you know, especially the guys who are in the long distance. Well, not not just long distance, but as you said, if they're banging up the calorie, if they're banging up the uh, the miles in the pool, then the calories got to go. They got to follow suit, you know. Um, you know, where uh, there's a, there's a lot of them who who get out, they go straight to lectures and they don't eat, and then uh, I'm giving them a telling off later because they're feeling like headed and they can't perform if there's a test set that evening, for instance. So, it, you know, it's a big one. They need to they need to be educated. They need to know how much they need to be in after a certain session, um, when they need to be in, so before and after a session, um, and you know what to be doing if they are going out and and you know taking alcohol on board once a week. Well, I can I can raise my hand up to to that one about uh, uh, going to lectures straight away from training. Obviously, mine would have been at that time 
would have been doing my HND. So I had to obviously do six to eight training and then go straight yeah. up to the college. So that one was, I think it was very much uh, a learning curve for me as to, well, I've got to do something, got to try and tweak it. Okay, it probably came a few years down the line once I moved onto the full degree program and it was, I was on campus. So it was very much uh, um, easier to tailor my day in terms of uh, be it training, lectures and things like that. Whereas when swimming, it was, it was, this is when you're training. And it was, you could say, unfortunately, I had to, or what would it have been? I think it was about two hour, two to three hour lectures after it. So, yeah. Um, unfortunately for me, I, I've, well, not, not, I don't think it was that often. I think, I think there's only one occasion that springs to mind that I was asleep and people say, oh, James, you're asleep. Like it's not it's not your lecturers boring. You kind of feel bad for the lecturers. Thinking, yeah, you're not boring me. I've been up five hours straight and I've not eaten since five in the morning. So it's yeah. probably <laughs> the, my body is switching off because it's tired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's certainly something we've got to make sure they're educated about, you know, because you don't want it to affect their relationship with the tutor because if the tutor thinks they're lazy and they're falling asleep and it's only down to their training and, and they're, not, they're not educated enough to, to know to get the food in before they go to a lecture, then we need to sort of work as a team and make sure they, they know so that doesn't happen. But it's a very good point. <laughs> well, it's a difficult one, though, Nick, because if you're having to in all essence, kind of legging it from one one area from the sports side to obviously being having to be in a nine o'clock lecture. It's, it's quite difficult in terms of logistics and whatnot to be able to get, well, we'll say, we'll say not just eating, we'll say a nutrition, nutritional balance. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it, and this is it, important to educate them to get to, to know what to eat. I mean, um, most, you know, a lot of them do have nine o'clock lectures, especially after long course training on a Tuesday. You know, they're, they're whizzing from the base. So they're in the minibus for sort of 15, 20 minutes. So there is the opportunity to get a protein shake and carbohydrate shake down them and then whatever else they need, banana, et cetera. But, it's some, you know, it's not enough. You know, they do need a, a proper meal, you know, a proper breakfast to be able to function through the day and then be able to train again later on. So it is, it is a tough one, you know, it, it's, it's an ongoing one. And I'm sure all swimmers and athletes, you know, around the world are always going to have the battle with it if, if they're students. Um, but um, there's some, you know, hopefully we'll, uh, we'll try and, you know, the plan that we've got now for next year, hopefully that will, uh, will help these guys, you know, and, and girls to, to sort of help them through their training plan and, and make sure they're not falling asleep like you were in lectures. <laughs> well, I think it's, I think it's, it's maybe like you were saying, if the, le the lecture isn't to know that that athlete is an, an athlete as well, they're going to, yeah. they're going to assume they're lazy. Whereas if you've got the likes of, um, one of my lectures, once I went on to the degree, I can't speak, went on, once yeah. I went on to the degree program, was at one yeah. time our S&C coach. So he would, he would know firsthand everything yeah. that goes alongside, obviously. Uh, I know athletes, um, when the British Swimming was down there, they had to, because they were swimming in the afternoon, they had to pick, pick between an, going to training or going to a um, lecture you're thinking well that's not great and no the uh 
that one you probably have to take a, a with a pinch of salt on. It's very much the individual's choice. It's like, well, I don't it, obviously whether or not that would happen in an American institution. I, I would highly doubt it. They probably tailor training around it or or tweak it. Yeah, but it's very. But then the, the collegiate program that is their facility. So it's that's probably on the flip side. You look at it. They're not having to um, incorporate other things that are going on at the university. That's their solely facility for them. So be it if the some of the athletes aren't like their their classes are spread out, they'll probably tailor that to the individual. Whereas uh, probably at a British institution, I'd have thought you probably couldn't do that. No, I think, I mean, maybe in years to come, it's something that they could look at, but it, it's, it's a hard one. I mean, um, we're, we're a sport campus and it's going to be sport and health science now from September because we've merged with the health science school. Um, so maybe, you know, in further down the line, certainly with the focus sports, they'll be able to look, speak to performance directors and the director of sport. Um, and then, of course, the, the, the dean of the school and, and try and structure things around lectures so those athletes can. But, of course, if the if performance athletes are on degree courses, which where students are not even athletes, you know, you can't really sort of um, tailor it just because of that. It's, it's a very difficult one to do, isn't it? You know, and um, I mean, the mind boggles, really. I mean, uh, maybe if, if in years to come, I'd say it could be could be an option, but certainly not at the moment. I think we just have to keep doing what we're doing and try our best as coaches to um, to make sure the athletes are prepared for lectures and, you know, realise that they're students and they're here to do their academic studies as well as train for us. But it's probably a difficult one, Dave, because you see in the likes of, you know, say the colleges, um, uh, my, my, well, how do you pronounce it? Can't, Myers Cough um, College uh, introducing yeah. things like were they virtually full time athletes at college level? You're thinking, well, if the college are doing that, but then the universities can't, would the athletes who are coming from those type of colleges think they're taking a backward step to a certain extent because they're being treated almost like a full time or taking sport? as though that it's their career and then if they do plan to then go on to further education it's they kind of see it as a backward step what would kind of be the problems with that because obviously if you've in all all essence from a academic standpoint it's at a lower footing yeah, um, no, I agree. I mean, we're still up and coming. You know, the top the top universities in the country, I think, do have this sort of American style thing in place where that you know it's if they're a performance, you know, if they're a British swimmer, for instance, then their, their swimming comes first, and the flexibility is there with their studies, and there is that flexibility at Cardiff Met, um, and and us being sort of closer to the top ten rather than the top five. Um, I think you know there is that flexibility if they are at a higher standard, but if they are only an up or not only, but if they're a performance athlete who aren't quite making British qualifying times, for instance, then they're in the university's eyes. The studies come first, and the lecturers. It, it all depends on the lecturer as well. It depends on you know whether they are flexible with it or whether they're strict with it, and you know, and depending on the type of seminar or practical lecture or whatever it is that they go into, I think they all it depends on you know, what they're actually going to be missing and whether they're going to allow them to miss that for training purposes. 
I think I think from personal experience, I think you could probably say the lecture is probably one that you could probably have more flexibility with. Whereas with a lab, that one, yeah. that one you're going to struggle because that's when it is. It's very much um, team oriented to a certain extent, like group group wise in terms of doing. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. You can't. I would say. I wouldn't say you can't, but I would say financially. I don't know why the department would say, "Oh, we can you can do it another time by yourself," but that doesn't make sense. Uh, no, it wouldn't work, would it? Yeah, yeah. I think it's value. Yeah, there's certain things that, that, that they're essential to go to, and you know, if they miss them, then that's going to be you know, uh, it's going to reflect on their final grade or final you know, end of year grade. So you know, it's something that needs to be looked at. But I mean. As far as you know, I got to follow suit and and do as I'm told at the moment and see see how it goes, you know. And we'll see we'll see further down the line whether things will change. Well, it's I, I think from my personal experience, I think I've had leeway uh, in the run up to the Beijing Games in terms of, um, but that was very much um, what's the word I want um, a partnership between say the likes of Anthony. Um, be the Welsh rowing uh, and the university to kind of come up with a plan not forgetting Sport Wales to come up with a plan to that would allow me to up sticks in all in, all, in kind of simple terms to, to move where rowing is based in Reading and kind of not obviously let my studies go by the wayside because I was kind of given this ultimatum as oh we need you to move up to reading and kind of not fuss about the 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 education as so you need to you need you need to move from where you are now to be centralized yeah. and you need to do it as well not as soon as possible but as in in the next few days you're thinking okay that's that's kind of a that's to get that sort is a minefield but it got done. Uh, the universe kind of cut a long story short. The university just said to me, um, obviously, I had to do the lectures via PowerPoint and whatnot. Um, come back for a group presentation and for my exam. So from from that regard, I'm very grateful for the university to to allow me that much flexibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we do. We're very flexible at Cardiff Met. You know, it's. Um... You know, as I said, if they're that top end athlete, then that flexibility is certainly there because we want to be able to say that they're, you know, they're our athletes and we've, we've given that flexibility. I mean, going back to Yian Lloyd, you know, he, he's, he just, kept, you know, went to Rio. He actually had a year out, which we gave him a year out and, you know, to just concentrate on his training and go to the Olympics. And then after the Olympic Games, he came back and finished his third year on his scram course. So, you know, that, that sort of everything was put on hold for him to do that. And, and you know, you know, it, it worked out for him. You know, he, he did very well and came back and um, and finished his degree off and graduated this year. So there's certainly that fre- flexibility there. Um, but uh, I'm, you know, there's only a certain. You know, we can only give a certain amount of flexibility if if they're you know only up and coming athletes. You know, and that that's uh, I think that's I think something we got to remember. Well, I might you, you might how I speak. You people might interpret. I I, I say sport comes first. I. I kind of take that with a pinch of salt to some extent yes i've 
I'm not saying that I, I didn't throughout my career to get to where I, the upper echelons of what I've achieved. But yeah. I kind of, when I got to university, I am also, that. well, I think when I've touched upon the university gave me that flexibility, I wanted to then prove with the next two years, okay, you've given me that leniency and flexibility to go off and go to the Olympics. Uh, I'm yeah. going to um, give back in turn and prove to a certain extent that I can do it from the academic standpoint as well because, okay, I, got, I probably, in my mind, I got in back, back in, uh, into university through the back door because of sports. It's, it's, okay, I, was, I wasn't a bad student, but I was probably uh, an above-average student. Um, uh, I'm quite content with being, uh, what people might say oh, above-average is probably 50%, I'm talking about 70, 80%, whereas I probably could push on a bit, uh, probably a bit more, but I'm probably, I was more inclined from the, the sporting kind of thing. I wanted to excel in, in that, and it, it's probably it's more pleasure doing that than reading textbooks and things like that. Yeah, 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 I know. There's obviously, you know, that element to it as well. You know, we have, you know, different athletes who, who come here because of the, because of the sp- standard of sport here. And, you know, um, you know, yes, they have to have qualifications to get into university. But, um, I, I, you know, there's, there's a few people who have probably been in your situation who've come in, you know, uh, not through the back door, but, you know, got in because they want to do sport. And then the degree is the extra added bonus, which they come away with at the end. So I think that's great that they, you can offer both as a university. But I think, I think, well, something's probably taught me a lot, and I bring it up probably a lot on this podcast. It's been a while since I brought it up, but, but like that triangle diagram of obviously you've got your sports, uh, you can't, you, you can't just say, I wouldn't just say swimming, you could say just call it sport, uh, your education mm-hmm. and your social life. And what they taught me, uh, we'll say 15, 16 year old, was obviously um, the paramount what. At fifteen, sixteen, I was obviously in school overseas, so I'm I'm required by law to be, to till I'm eighteen. So it's like, well, that's got to stay. Uh, I want to excel in sport, so what's got to give? Obviously, the social life. I think the only side of the social life that um, kind of came apparent was when I went to university, and obviously the um, the social side of it, be it like the the Wednesday nights and things like that. Okay, I probably uh, I didn't go out every week, as, as you say, attested like some of the, some of the athletes. I probably yeah. did probably the first social of the year, and maybe one or two throughout the year. And um, but then it's quite difficult to <laughs> go out on a Wednesday night or, or whatever and have to be up up at the training at five the next morning. So it's and I'm not. Yeah. I'm very much not a morning person as it is. <laughs> well that, that's that's again down to my the way i structure the training i mean they don't have thursday morning training sessions but for the fact that they tend to go out you know not all of them go out you know 50 uh, percent of the team go out some of them go out like you uh, you know as an athlete now and again um but there's no thursday morning session because we tend to do a good set on a wednesday morning which is usually two hours we've got the pool book for four hours if we want it i never do four hour training by the way but we usually do two hours 
reason why I got four hours is if I ever want to run a, a little friendly gala in there or you know a bit of a friendly competition um, but then on the Thursday evening um, it's not punishment but they see it as punishment because they tend to do you know a, a bit of a hard set you know we, we usually do a sort of uh, anaerobic set or you know um, a test set some sort of test set on a Thursday just so they know that they can't go too mad on the Wednesday night and um, they, they, as long as they in their program they eat well and and recover well throughout the day and then it's an it's an evening session rather than a late afternoon session on a Thursday um, and they've got a, they've got that in the back of their minds all the time that you know it, it can't be a, an all night session because they've got to train so I think that works really well you do have the odd ones who miss and then they uh, you know uh, you know they've got to come and say you know why they've missed but you know most of them respect it and most of them sort of you know keep it going throughout the year but you say anaerobic threshold is not not a punishment. Mm. <laughs> I, I disagree. I won't say. I won't, I won't, probably for the ones that don't don't know much about swimming, I will probably I won't go as far as it's punishment. Uh, I I wouldn't say I didn't not enjoy it, but then mine was on. I think the top of my head, I think ours was on a Monday night, so it's it's at the beginning right. of the week, so you you know it's coming. So and you've had you know some, coming, yeah. that Sunday off. Yeah. I won't say it's all bad, but it wasn't. I won't say it wasn't, wasn't not, not my favourite, but it, no. it is what it is. It's it's this. I think when when I get asked, "Oh, what what components of training did you miss throughout your career?" It's like mm, probably most of them I don't miss, but that's yeah. that's because you're. Uh, to a certain extent, wrecking your body so much, it's, it's, uh, to some extent, it's not designed to be pushed to those limits. Well, it's not pushed to the limits that much all the time, but yeah. it's, it's only gonna, uh, can only give so much, but from the aerobic standpoint, you probably, uh, at your fittest, because people say to me, I was, uh, well, I was told in no certain terms uh, when I was at Nyack, when it was Rio's on, you should really be in, in, in Brazil. It's like, mm, yeah, I, mm. I, I look aesthetically fit, but yeah. that does go in hand with my job as a personal trainer. I have to look yeah. aesthetically fit, but I kind of took it with a little bit of salt a little bit, and said, well, wouldn't it depend on what event I was doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, be it, if it was an aerobic sport, there's no chance. No chance that I would be because I'm not. I'm nowhere near uh, as fit as. Be it. Oh gosh, how long will that be? That's probably about at the beginning of my career until when rowing stopped. But to those limits of cardiovascular fitness, it's like I will. Yeah. I haven't been in a swimming pool. Or I'm going to say five years, uh, yeah. and I have a love-hate relationship with the rowing machine. So it's, I think I've kind of got over that from a mental perspective because it's that frustration, as I think all athletes would have, of you're comparing to what you used to be able to do and and things like that. So you you're never in the right, right mind frame to do it because you're thinking. Uh, this used to be easy or I used to be going a lot faster than this. So it's very frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. It's, um, 
it's it's hard. I mean, there's only so long you can carry on for up to a certain age of smashing your body in the pool and you know uh, committing yourself to the pool. And I'm not saying that any other sports easier, but you know, swimming is a big commitment. And you you um, there's got to come a time where you're uh, where you, you you know you sort of look back and think, right, okay, that's enough, enough's enough. That is uh, it's hard work, and um, you know maybe as you've done go to keeping fit but you know giving your experience to others and being a kind of personal trainer or a coach or whatever you want to be with your qualifications but I think when, when you say it's you can't compare the two I'd say swimming is probably a better one in terms of be it uh, less grueling to a certain extent on your body because of, of the, the non-load bearing factor that it brings so it's yeah probably yeah. not as bad as well, if you say the the S and C component of of training, that's probably more grueling on the body than what swimming would be. Yeah, no, I agree because obviously the, you know the, you've got to incorporate the recovery after doing S and C, and some some swimmers aren't used to it. If you know if they've come in to the new program now for a focus sport and they're not used to doing two S and C sessions a week and trying to get their bodies used to, you know, they might be sore and achy and everything else. You know, so it is there's a big you know, there's, a, there's finding that balance to make sure that they get used to it. So it is, it is hard. Um, I was maybe talking about the age thing from, <laughs> from what you've oh, yeah, been yeah, doing yeah, it for, for a long time. The, the age one is a definite big one because your body starts breaking down. Um, obviously, if you do get injuries, they take longer to heal, which is very, I think, very great. Yeah. And it's thinking, oh, back in the day, I'd be right as rain in a couple of days. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> agreed. <laughs> the last question before we wrap up the episode, Dave. So okay. You have to summarize this episode into one sentence for somebody to take away, what would that be? Um, what as a swimmer, or as well, what are we what are we saying as a student swimmer? Uh, you know, for for looking at commitment, or how, how do you want me to um, say it? <laughs> come from multiple angles if you want to. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, you know, if you're if you're a swimmer or a sports person, I think it's work hard. Um, you know, get your qualifications to get uni- to university. Um, there's lots of opportunities in universities, Cardiff Met especially, um, uh, up and coming universities like us in sport and uh, and other areas. Um, but you know, get yourself I- into a good sport and commit to the program. Um, and if you get to university, you'll come away with a degree and you hopefully make the Commonwealth Games or the Olympic Games and, and make your mark in the sporting industry. And that's, that's all I would like to say, really. Well, I think, I think it's a good one to, to, to further... Lot, lot, they, I think university gets a bad knock to a certain extent because of that pushing years ago. Obviously, everybody should go to university. It's like, well... Yeah. You should take that with a pinch of salt. Not everybody, should, not everybody is cut out to go to university. Not everybody should go to university. Um, obviously, I, I kind of probably never intend. Well, I don't say never intended to. I probably looked at it from. I don't know why, but I never thought I would be good enough to go to university because my grades were probably there or thereabouts. It's probably that apprehension of thinking, well, mm, I may not get in, or that rejection to that kind of kind of synopsis of looking at things. But it's 
it's probably set you up for life to a certain extent, be it uh, with your peers, be it on your um, degree modules or the teammates that you get to, to meet along because it's very much uh, probably networking to a certain extent. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I've I've had a quite a unique sort of journey through my career because, you know, even though I was a swimmer and I was a lifeguard and I, I sort of made my way into university that way, um, I was lucky enough to, you know, I didn't get the grades I wanted at school, but as a mature student and a full-time member of staff, they actually paid for me to do my degrees and I've been sort of gaining my qualifications and Cardiff Met have been paying for that along the way, which has been really unique and really good for me. And I've sort of developed as a as a student and as a as a manager and as a coach and et cetera, and as an athlete, um, you know, over the years and sort of the rest is history, so to speak. I'm still doing degrees now. I'm doing a, a PGC in higher education, and I'm lucky enough to sort of deliver some practical lectures for swimming and on the sports coaching module. So, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's you know, not it's not for everyone. University, and I was lucky to to get involved at a young age here and and be able to gain those qualifications. But um, yeah, it's certainly a lot to offer from different angles if you're lucky enough to get, get, get the opportunity to do it. I think that one day when you bring it up, would you say it's more on line with, say, an apprenticeship to a certain extent? It's not, it's not in all the, like the essence of the word, but with the university. Yeah, I suppose, I suppose so. Yeah, I had, I had the opportunity to be a bit more mature, you know, and, and make decisions at a later date. You know, I was in my 20s until I decided, to, you know, OK, there's people who are mature students coming in. Like, you know, we have people in their 40s and 50s now doing undergrad courses. So, you know, I, I did it. I noticed it years ago and I took the opportunities while they were there. And so, yeah, it was a type of apprenticeship, if you'd like to say it like that. And, you know, nothing wrong with apprenticeships. They're brilliant. You know, you get a trade, etc. And sort of my trade was to become a, you know, a manager and a, and a coach and, and now a, a tutor, you know, in, in sport. So, um, yeah, so there's those opportunities around, you know, I'm sure in other universities as well. But I think when you, you touch upon it, like the mature element of a student, I think, well, I won't generalize here, but it's probably some fact within it. I think an athlete comes into a university a little bit more prepared than a normal student because obviously that's probably probably more so with the athletes that have to get up at stupid o'clock in the morning as well. Uh, they're very much, they've been set in that, well, maybe not them personally, but the family's been set in a system that's very efficient. So that I think they're very much ready for time management components of things, be it they can balance things a little bit better than other students. Yeah, I agree with that. Definitely. Yeah, certainly. It's, you know, if you've been a, if you've been a, you know, a, a high standard, especially, you know, you're a swimmer two hours in the morning, two hours in the evening, you're used to going training and then going to school and then getting on the bus or getting a lift or whatever back to training. And then you come in and you're having your tea, you're going to bed. And so that routine's always, always there. And I'm sure it's the same in other sports. Um, but if you haven't been a, a sports athlete and, and been involved with that sort of program, you know, you come into university without without uh, any uh, experience there. And so, yeah, there's, there's certainly that divide, you know, with the different students that come through the system. Well, it's, it, I think, uh, we can't, probably can't generalise. There's, there's probably some, some students that probably have that, um, that crossover. No, agreed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's all yeah, of course, yeah. There's not not all of them. They're not all the same. But um, some learn quicker than others, and some uh, you know some some have already got it there because you know they've been taught it from a younger age. Or yeah, so I certainly can't generalise. But um, yeah, 
it's uh, I enjoy working with the, the variety that's there as well. I, I have to say, I was probably I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Probably at one, not extreme, but one one echelon down when I started university, and by the time I, I left, it was probably. Uh, very much uh, but then I, I was very much an elite athlete and when people I think when people ask oh how do you manage the two they've both got schedules and you kind of have to build out one your personalised one for yourself so it's well this is when I've got lectures I think rowing was a little bit easier than, than swimming was because obviously like we said we touched upon it uh, the, the swimming schedule can't really change it's this time in the morning this time at night and kind of go from there whereas with rowing because I wasn't centrally based I had my training programs and I'd fit it in a, a, according to what my student day was like so it's kind of it's kind of the essence of using the actual term I was a student first and in that regard and then when term time was out I was very much uh an athlete, and I think, I think when people say it's a quite a hard balance, I, I I look at it, especially when I wasn't at Swansea, um, it kind of gave me that uh, mental break from the sport. I wasn't solely in, in it was not not indulged is probably not the right word, but fully immersed in the sport twenty four seven. It gave me that little bit of a respite. I could focus on something else and kind of take a break from sport because people say oh it's all well and it's all well and good being totally immersed in your sport but that sometimes can be a bit too overwhelming and, and you get probably uh the likes of burnout and probably maybe at times a little bit obsessed with it yeah no agree you know it's, it's certainly finding the balance you know the, these all these high performance sports where there is a big commitment you know in in and out of the pool for instance and and you know in the gym and etc it is all about finding that balance and respecting the age ranges you've got and gender etc and making sure that that you know everyone's <clears throat> treated equally and um uh yeah and just making sure that as i said the balance is there otherwise the um the program's not going to work but in terms of like the athletes that you, you you have, what kind of recruit courses do they range upon? Are they more predominantly sports oriented? Or yeah, I'm glad you asked that question because you know it's um it's something that, again being a unique team as I mentioned earlier. You know we've got you know I'd say seventy percent sports students in the team, but we've got uh, management students that are based at Llandaff campus. Um, and also um, education, School of Education and School of Health Science students who are based at Llandaff and who will now be based up in Kincord when, the mer- when we merge our, our, um, our schools. But um, so there is, it is great to sort of see that. And there's lots of other teams that have got a, a mixed bag, but swimming has got, a, you know, I, I think swimming is probably the, 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 one of the sports that I, I, in Cardiff Met have actually got a real, real wide range of different um of different types of students from different uh, schools, and um, I think that's great. You know, and we, I think it shows that we're getting our advert out there, and you know, making sure that the, it's not just the sports students who live on campus have the opportunity. Well, it gives a, it gives. Um, oh, how word I use? Um, a multitude of um, 
experiences and whatnot on obviously what they have to um, then implement into their degree. But when you say sport management, uh, management, sorry, do you, do you, is it more on the lines of sports management or is it more towards... No, so the sport, the sports management would be classed as a sports student that's based on Kinkoi campus, but they're the management, so business management, which is based at Landaf, um, and diff- other types of management sort of courses, they're based at Landaf and different types of education courses um you know uh they're, they're you know so we there is a there's there's the four different schools and we're looking to have a fifth school in the coming years um which is uh which is going to be interesting um so there'll be even more scope for more students and uh yeah they'll um that you know there's uh there is it's a widespread across across the board of different athletes uh, different swimmers and you know it just goes to show it's not just the sports people who come to cardiff met well i think that would be the um I'll do what I want. Um, oh, I can't think of the word I want. But that would be the when you think of Cardiff Met, you you would you would assume that that would be the case. In, in, yeah, I think that's it, probably yeah. generalisation a little bit, but yeah, no, people are you know we are renowned for being really good at certain sports, and so everyone does think sport. But you know, there's there's um, been a survey done recently, and and like. They did, a, I think it was across Britain, and a lot of students are looking at technology now, you know, and, you know, um, artificial intelligence and that sort of thing. And so we're, we're looking to have in the next few years um, a school of technologies, which will be based in the city centre. Um, so they're looking to buy some land there and, and build a new school. And hopefully that's going to attract even more students. And that will create sort of international students coming from across across seas and across the con- different countries, you know, to do these courses. And we have got a big sort of um, percentage of international students already. I mean, one of my one of my girls in the team, uh, Sophia, she's um, she's from Cyprus and she's a, you know, a high, she's in the performance squad. So it just goes to show where the names out there around the world, and we've got some good connections. But with this new school of technologies coming in, we'll we'll, uh, we'll hopefully attract even more now in the next coming years. Well, it's probably I think probably with the branding of the university probably helps because uh, that logo the logo is synonymous of the university, even though it's had a name change. Yes, yeah, the arch is always there, and so all the sports teams are called archers as well. So. Um, you know, sometimes people get confused that we're an archery university. <laughs> we've had a few <laughs> phone calls, a few, a few phone calls recently, actually, because we've called the new basketball and netball arena the Archers Arena. People uh, have been confused that it's an archery uh, facility, but it's actually not. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but no, you're right. The Cardiff Met name it changed from Uick to Cardiff Met, but the Archer still stands, and so everyone knows the logo and the name is is obviously out there. Well, I think it's probably a good, it's a good one. It's, it's very much, I think probably this day and age, uh, we talk about brands and whatnot, but I think that one university has probably stick to its roots to a certain extent, because if I kind of use Swansea as the other example, gosh, the amount of times that, that it's had a rebrand is thinking how much is yeah. that costing? But that's probably a different topic, but it's it's. I think it's had another one since I've I've left as well. We're thinking, could you not get it that the the logo is? I would I would know it. It's my university because I obviously went there. So, but then but yeah. the, but then if we say bring up your example, it's 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 synonymous, probably because of the pedigree of the sport. So it's 
I won't say it's in your face, but it's it's been there or thereabouts. It be um, be it in the BBC or, or whatnot with athletes being at the facility. So it's 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 always is there or thereabouts. Probably Swansea a little bit less so in in the recent times, but that's probably because uh, the very very elite aren't in in, in the campuses, not campuses, but using those facilities as much. Yeah, no, um, I mean, it's Brandon's interest for me. And I, I haven't really thought about it, to be honest, until you've brought it up now. With the, you know, the Archer's out there, and I think we'll always keep the Archer because people know us for that. Um, I don't really take much notice of uh, the university logos, to tell you the truth. You know, I know the names, and, uh, you know, I know who my competition is in swimming. But, um, yeah, as you said, it's probably a different topic the, uh, with regards to branding, etc. <laughs> So, Dave, once again, uh, once again, thanks for coming on the Mindset Game podcast. Great, no worries. It's been a pleasure. I really enjoyed speaking to you. Likewise. And before I forget, I would really appreciate it if you would be so kind as to leave a short review as it helps to get the podcast more notoriety and it would be more visible in future to others and thus helping more people, which my guests and I are all about. Once again, thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time for another episode of the Mindset Game Podcast.